Praise the Lord. It's good to be here tonight. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Um, I, I knew I was just waiting for someone to text me or call me and say, I need you to do a devotion or I need you to do this um, because I knew that the Lord had a word that he wanted to share with you all. So I'm thankful for the opportunity to do that. Um, let us just pray. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, Lord, to minister to your sons and daughters. I thank you for your presence, Lord, that is already here with us, God, that goes before us, Lord, that leads the way, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you know all things that concern your sons and daughters in the house tonight, Father. I thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to minister to you and to love up on your children tonight, Father. God, it's my prayer tonight, Lord, that you just... Let the eyes and the ears of the people be open, God, that we might see, Lord, that we might hear what you want to speak to us tonight, Lord. Let our hearts be open to receive the word, Father, that you've prepared for us, Lord. Father, I'm asking, God, that they would not see me, Lord, but they would see Christ in me. God, that they would not hear words from my lips, but, Lord, that they would hear words from heaven, Father. God, I just give you thanks, Lord. Let all things that are done here tonight be done to lift up the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, that you would be glorified, that the body of Christ would be lifted up and encouraged and edified and we give you praise in Christ's name thank you Jesus so we're going to say our declaration before we get started in the word and I think Josh is going to put that up for you Lord today by faith we declare that we are walking in the manifestation season as your faithful remnant we will house your very presence we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and he has delivered us from all of our troubles and fears. We are no longer victims, but we are victors in Christ. We will not be deceived by the lies of the enemy, but we will give health, healing, and wholeness to the hopeless and those in despair. We will live under your anointing and see the revealed purpose of Christ in each of our lives. We declare your everlasting word on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. I am going to read um, a couple of different texts, but I'm going to start out reading from Luke 8, 22 through 25. And it says, now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat, Jesus got into the boat with his disciples, and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake, and they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep, and a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were, and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Now, I can only imagine they didn't say, Excuse me, Master, excuse me, but it's raining and our boat's filling up. No, they said, Master, Master, we're perishing out here. They were in serious jeopardy. They were in trouble. They needed the attention of the Master. Then he arose, and Jesus rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said to them, where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, 
who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. There's just a couple things I want to point out in this scripture text before we move on. And um, in verse 22, Jesus said, let us cross over to the other side, and they launched out. Now, I, I don't know if you're aware of it. I don't know how you can't be aware of it, but this church is in transition. And I've said that before, and I hope you don't get tired of me saying it, but it's where we are. And not only is the church as a whole in transition, but the body, you and I, we too are in transition. We are launched out and we are crossing over to the other side. Uh, anytime that you launch out and go from one place to the next, from glory to glory, the enemy is going to oppose you. He's not just going to sit back and take a break and say, well, you know, they've been working on this for a long time. Just go for it. No, that's not the way it happens. Um, we're going to be opposed. We're going to be faced with opposition. It's part of the process to get from one level to the next. It's part of the process to get from glory to glory, but it's worth it. Verse 23 says that a windstorm came down. The NLT version says that a fierce storm came down. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, and I'm a word person. You all know that about me. So I like to look up words and, and know exactly what we're talking about. The definition of a storm, a violent disturbance of the atmosphere manifesting itself by winds of unusual force or direction, or to move angrily or forcefully to suddenly attack and capture by means of force. Those are some definitions of a storm. So with that being said, talking about where we are as a body, that's what we're going to talk about for the remainder of this service tonight. Um, but I want to read another scripture text because I think it's important. And it might be a little lengthy, so I'll try to go fast. But everything that is in this chapter matters to us. It makes a difference to where we are today. And it's Job chapter 1. And it says, There once was a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz. He was blameless. He was a man of complete integrity. He feared God and he stayed away from evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 teams of oxen, and 500 female donkeys. He also had many servants. He was, in fact, the richest person in that entire area. Job's sons would take turns preparing feasts in their homes, and they would also invite their three sisters to celebrate with them. When these celebrations ended, sometimes after several days, Job would purify his children. He would get up early in the morning and offer a burnt offering for each of them. For Job said to himself, perhaps my children have sinned and have cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular practice. One day, the members of the heavenly court, the angels, came to present themselves before the Lord, and the accuser, Satan, came with them. Where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan, like he didn't know. Satan answered the Lord, I've been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. Then the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He's the finest man in all the earth. He's blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and he stays away from evil. 
Satan replied to the Lord, yes, but Job has good reason to fear God. You've always put a wall of protection around him and his home and his property. You've made him prosper in everything he does. Look how rich he is. But reach out and take away everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face, the enemy said to the Lord. All right, you may test him, the Lord said to Satan. Do whatever you want with everything he possesses, but don't harm him physically. So Satan left the Lord's presence. One day, Job's sons and daughters were feasting at the oldest brother's house. A messenger arrived at Job's home with the news. Your oxen were plowing with the donkeys feeding beside them when the Sabians raided us. They stole all the animals and killed all the farmhands, and I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with this news. The fire of God has fallen from heaven and burnt up your sheep and all the shepherds. I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, the third messenger arrived with this news. Three bands of Chaldean raiders have stolen your camels and killed your servants. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with this news. Your sons and daughters were feasting in their oldest brother's home. Suddenly a powerful wind swept in from the wilderness and hit the house on all sides. The house collapsed and all your children are dead and I am the only one who escaped to tell you. Job stood up. He tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head and he fell to the ground and he worshiped. He said, I came naked from my mother's womb and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. In all of this, Job did not sin by blaming God. Now I read all of that because I think it matters to have a picture of what we're talking about here tonight. Job was a righteous man. He was a good man. He did all the things that he was supposed to do. He prayed over his children. He offered sacrifice to the Lord over his children. He taught them right. He was a righteous man. He was a very wealthy man. He was the richest man in his neighborhood. He had so much wealth that he was able to feed the poor every day in his area, in his neighborhood, in his city. He had a good family. He had a close family. The word tells us that Job feared the Lord and he stayed away from evil. So with that being said, you would think that him being in the will of the Lord and doing all of the right things, that he shouldn't go through anything like he had to go through. Job was a righteous man, yet somehow in one single day, one single day, before he could even deal with one situation, another one came before him and he had another one to face. In one single day, he lost everything. He lost his children. He lost his possessions. He lost his place in society. He lost everything. He found himself in the middle of a life storm, and he suffered tragic loss of family. His property was destroyed. He suffered disease, ridicule from those who were supposed to be his friends. And he did nothing to bring this on himself. 
He was not at fault. He was not to blame. He was a righteous man of God. He was right where he was supposed to be, doing all the things that he's supposed to do. When we get to the end of the book of Job, we see that um, the word teaches us that Job trusted the Lord. Job worshiped the Lord. Despite the things that came against him, he still worshiped the Lord. And there's some things that we need to know about the first chapter of the book of Job. You know, the enemy had a conversation with the Lord about Job. Actually, I should say the Lord had a conversation with the enemy about Job. And the Lord had confidence that Job was going to withstand the test that came before him. And one thing that I want us to think about is, I wonder what kind of conversations the Lord has with the enemy about me. Does he have confidence in me to be able to withstand the trials that come against me? Um, One thing is for sure, God knew Job. He knew him from the inside out, and he knew that Job was going to pass the test. He did not doubt it. God allowed the storm to appear in Job's life, but we have to remember that it wasn't God that caused the calamity against him, okay? You and I face things today. We face things every day. The Lord might allow it, but he's not the one that brings that on us. He doesn't cause those things. God only brings blessing and good because he loves us. He brought blessing and good to Job because he loves Job. And one other thing that we need to remember is that God restrained Satan. He told Satan beforehand what you can and cannot do. And the Lord will allow winds to blow through my life and your life, just as he did Job. Just because we're Christians does not exempt us from struggle. It does not exempt us from trouble and trial. We may be doing all the right things. We may be where we're supposed to be. We may be righteous men and women of God, blameless, who fear the Lord, but we're still going to endure troubles and trials. Job 1.22 says, in all of this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. Instead, he fell to his knees and he worshiped. He accepted his loss with the same faith and humility by which he lived. Job 13 and 15 says, though he slay me, I will trust him. In other words, what I think that means is, God, this hurts so bad, I think I'm going to die. This hurts me so bad, I can't take it anymore. But whether I live or whether I die, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust that you are in control of every situation that concerns me. We have to remember that God is still good. He is still sovereign. Despite the things that come against us, no matter how great or how bad, he is still working powerfully in our lives. And nothing comes to us that has not already been filtered through the hand of God. It has to go before the Lord before it can get to you and I. So that should encourage us to know no matter what we're facing today, the Lord already knew about it. He already has a plan worked out. You and I just have to stand and trust the Lord. We have to stand on the word and trust the Lord. He's faithful. Job 19 and 25, he says, I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at last on the earth. And what he's saying is, I know the one who saved me still lives. And when it's all said and done, he still reigns. And one day, he's going to take his place on this earth. 
Job 26 and 12 says, he stirs up the sea with his power, and by his understanding, he breaks up the storm. This tells me that it's God who allows the storm, but it's also God who says that's enough, and he puts an end to the storm. It's in the middle of the storm that God reminds Job just exactly who he is. It's in the middle of the storm that Job has revelation and insight of God's greatness. By the end of the storm, at the end of Job, Job has another perspective of God. He has a different perspective of God. It's in the middle of a violent, tragic life storm that God spoke out of a whirlwind and reminded us, or reminded God, reminded Job just who he is. And with all of that being said, I want to share an experience with you. And I'm hoping and praying that I can paint a picture for you adequately to give you an understanding that'll go along with this tonight. About a month ago, some t- about a month ago, on a Thursday morning, just like every other morning, Got up, got myself ready for work, and um, my dog had an appointment with the groomers at 7.45. So my plan was to take my dog to the groomer and drop my dog off on my way to work. Had plenty of time, nothing to worry about. The only thing is, it was storming, and it was storming so bad. I did not know that my road the road that I live on floods frequently. And I did not know that my road had already flooded. It didn't really matter. Um, So in my haste, knowing that it's pouring down raining, I grab my purse, I grab my keys, I grab my phone, and I grab my life group material because I had life group that night. And I knew I wasn't coming home before life group. So I couldn't take all that to my car and my dog and my umbrella too. So I take my things to my car. Again, I cannot describe to you how bad it was raining. It wasn't raining. It was pouring, pouring. My road flooded in a very short amount of time. That's how bad it was raining. So I take my things to my car. I unlock my car, put my things in my car, I leave my door to my car open with my umbrella in my hand. I run back inside. I get my dog. So I have my dog in one hand. I have my umbrella in the other, and I'm trying to close the door, lock the door, and close it. So I do that. I get the door locked and closed. Got my dog. Got my umbrella. I make a dash to my car, and I get to my car, and my door is closed and locked. I didn't lock my car back. Somehow, it locked. And I knew immediately, panic began to set in because I knew immediately I'm in trouble. Because let me tell you, some of you will remember this storm. This was not just a regular storm. This was a violent storm. It was pouring down raining. Lightning lit up the sky like you would not believe. Thunder The thunder was so loud and so strong that the ground beneath me shuddered every time it thundered, and I knew I'm in trouble. So I'm standing there with Daisy and my umbrella looking at my car car door in disbelief. I could not believe this had just happened. And 
if you know me, you know that, it, maybe you've heard this term, but if you know me, you know that I'm a, you've heard a, are you a fight or flight person? I'm a fight person, and I don't mean that physically against people, but immediately I go into survival mode. Immediately my mind starts thinking, I got to get in this car, I got to get in this house. So I knew I wasn't getting in the car, so I went back to my house. I only had one hand that I could really try to use, and so I'm doing everything in my power to get in my house. I'm trying to break in my house. I'm thinking, how can I get in a window? Not happening. So I have a shed that has a combination lock on it, and I, I did not go to my shed and try to unlock it because you can't hardly get in it because that lock has been on that shed for so long. It's rusty, it's tight, it sticks, and I thought, I'm going to get in my house faster than I'm going to get in that shed. So I'm, I'm looking for something to help me get in my house. I'm looking for resources to help me to break into my own house, and there's nothing you know, I just have a simple plain house. My porches don't have awnings. So here I am exposed, fully exposed to the elements of this storm. And um, so I'm standing there and every minute seems like an hour. And the whole time I'm crying out, God, help me. God, help me. I'm in a panic. God, help me. You've got to help me. God, help me. And every time I would say, God, help me, it's coming. God, help me it's coming. God, you've got to help me. It's coming. And you don't, if you don't remember the storm, you might not get this. That night, people were posting all over Facebook how they couldn't believe how heavy the rains were. They couldn't believe the lightning. There were pictures of lightning everywhere. People's things had been struck by lightning and destroyed. And I'm sitting here thinking, yep, saw that one. Yep, saw that lightning strike. Yep, saw that one. So I'm standing there walking around my house looking for something to help me break into my house, and there's nothing. And I just kept, God, you've got to help me. God, you've got to help me. So the wind was unbelievably strong, so strong I could hardly stand against the wind. I thought, I've got to go walk for help. So I took off away from my house, and I couldn't even walk because the wind was so strong. The rain was so heavy. The lightning, I felt I was very vulnerable. I had nothing, nothing to help me. I stood out there for about 20 to 30 minutes trying to get in my house. The wind took my umbrella, turned it inside out, and broke it. So by this time, I've got my dog who is shaking in fear because she's scared of storms. I'm not scared of storms. I never have been, but I was scared that day because I was out in the middle of nowhere. No one around to help me. No resources. No shelter. No coverage. Nothing. I cannot describe to you adequately enough how intense that storm was that morning. So after I realized I'm not getting in this house, I'm not getting in this car, I go to my shed. So I go to my shed, did the combination lock. First try, it opened. And I was like, oh God, thank you. Oh God, thank you. At one point, I need to tell you this, at one point when I kept saying, God help me, God help me, because any minute, I was expecting an angel of the Lord to appear. I was expecting someone to pull up. I was expecting God to wake someone up and say, go to Rhonda's house. Because I know the Lord could have done that. But that wasn't his plan. He had a plan. He had a purpose. And at one point, when my umbrella broke, when my umbrella turned it inside out and broke, I said, 
God, where is my help? And I did not yell at the Lord. I yelled to the Lord. There's a difference. And I kept hearing, it's coming. It's coming. And I heard, help is on the way. You need to remember that. So I go to my shed. I open my shed. My shed's just probably just like anybody else's. It's full of junk. Don't use it. I could probably burn it and be just fine. So I open the shed doors, and it's full of everything. But there's probably this much space, and there was a cinder block. So I turned up the cinder block, and this is the opening of my shed. And I'm sitting here on this cinder block. And the wind is blowing the doors open, and the wind is blowing the rain in on me and my dog. And I'm just like, Lord, thank you for the shelter. I thank you for refuge in the storm. Now, don't make a mistake about it. I was not calm. I was in distress. I was in serious distress. And I sat there, and I thought, you know, Lord, I thought about Job. And I thought, you know, Lord... It's okay. I'm going to be all right. You provided shelter for me. I might have to sit here for a long time. I don't know how long I'm going to have to sit here and wait until someone realizes that I'm missing. But I know eventually you're going to send someone to come and help me. And I thought, well, if, if someone at work doesn't realize that I'm, I'm missing, that I'm really supposed to be there, then I got life group tonight. Surely tonight, someone's going to say, where's Rhonda? And someone's going to start asking questions. If that doesn't happen, then surely tomorrow, someone's going to say, where's Rhonda? I haven't heard from Rhonda. And someone's going to come find me. And I thought, well... I'm going to get hungry before tomorrow. And I thought, you know, the Lord works things out. I'd been fasting. I thought, I could, I'll be fine until tomorrow. I'll be fine. I'll make it until tomorrow sometime. I'll eat tomorrow. And I was sitting there just thanking the Lord. And I thought about Job. And I thought, Lord, I thank you for my children, that they're alive and they're well and they're healthy. And I don't have to worry about them. And I just began to thank the Lord for some things. And I just kept saying, but Lord, where's my help? Help is on the way. I said, Lord, I don't know how long I'm going to have to wait this thing out. This storm might last a long time. Help is on the way. And this is the whole point, and I'm sorry if I'm taking up too much time, but the whole point that the Lord wants us to know tonight, help is on the way. Your help is on the way. I don't know what kind of storm you're having to endure right now. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what kind of floods that you're having to go through and face. The the winds are strong, and you feel like you're getting knocked down every time you turn around, and you, you get back up, and here comes another thing, and before it's even over, here comes another thing, and you get knocked down, and you get back up, and it's one thing after another after another. But help is on the way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, for the Lord is good. He still reigns, and he's in control of everything that concerns you tonight. Help is on the way. And I know you want to know the end of the story. So, Susan Tidwell, she wasn't at work that day. We worked together. She called in to find out, because she knows that my road floods. She called in to find out, did Rhonda make it to work? No, Rhonda's not here. So she calls me. She doesn't get an answer because my phone's locked up in the car. She texts me. She doesn't get an answer. So not too long passes by. She uh, calls my sister. And when I was in that shed, my heart broke because 
I knew the end of the story. I knew help was coming. I knew that I was okay. But I've had conversations with my sister about my road flooding. And I, because sometimes I can get out one way. And if I get out that way, sometimes I got to go through some water. And if I do, there's this really large ditch over here that is full. So I've had conversations with her before. And I've said, okay, if I ever come up missing, this is the way you need to go. We kind of joke about it, but it's, it's truth. It's real. So, um... She calls my sister and she says, have you heard from Rhonda? No, I haven't heard from Rhonda. Well, she's not at work and no one's heard from her and I can't get a hold of her. So immediately she gets up. She gets her husband. She says, I'm going to find my sister because that's what family does. So you remember that here in just a few minutes. Um, So they did. They came and found me. And let me just tell you, the moment... The moment they pulled up in my driveway, because I was on the other side of the house, so I didn't see them. But when I came around, the moment they pulled up in my driveway, all of those emotions came up here. And I melted. I melted. And she gets out of the vehicle, wanting to know what's going on and what's wrong and what happened. And all I could say, all I could say, you just don't know. You just don't know what I just went through. You just don't know what happened. You just, I, you, I, you just don't know. You have no idea what I just went through. You have no idea. I can't even explain it to you. And some of you are going through some things or have been through some things that people just don't know. No one can know some of the things that you've gone through or some of the things that you're going through, but God knows because he was with you in the boat. He was with you in the shed. He never left you, not once. He was with you. So tonight, we're going to come up here and pray. And when we pray, first of all, I want you to do me a favor, and I want you to take a look around. I want you to look around. I want you to look around and see who's not sitting by you that normally sits by you on a Wednesday night. When you come in here on Sunday morning and you sit in your regular seat, Sunday morning, don't forget, I want you to look around. I want you to take a look and see who's not here that is normally here. Who's not here that I've been missing? Because whoever that is, it's very likely, very possible, they might be stuck in a storm. And they might need you to call them and to say, hey, I've been missing you. Are you okay? Can I help you? Can I pray for you? What do you need from me? Because that's what family does. We're family. We're family. That's what we do for one another. So I want you tonight, we're going to, um, first of all, go ahead and stand with me. And Jeff, if you want to come and play something, that'd be great. Whatever you want to play. Um, If you have just come out of a storm, if you've just come out of a storm, I want you to go ahead and come up. I'm not going to ask you anything. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to do anything like that. And if there's any staff and elders, I'd like for you to come up as well. Unless you need prayer. Unless you need prayer.
Go ahead and come forward and come close. And go ahead and turn around, please. Because you're going to pray for the people that are in a storm. Go ahead and come up here. Just line up right here and face the body. These people have just come from a storm. They've come out of a storm. They know what it is like to endure, to withstand the winds, to withstand the floods. So they're going to pray for you tonight if you are here in the middle of a storm. If you're in the middle of a storm, I want you to go ahead and come up. I want you to come up, and I want you to just stand in front of them because they're going to pray for you. Not only that, but we're going to pray for our brothers and sisters that are not here tonight. For our brothers and sisters that have been out because of a storm. They need us to pray for them. They need us to lift them up in prayer. Can everybody else go ahead and come forward?